Flara K is a duo from Montreal, Canada, who explores a unique blend of R&B, indie pop, and electronic music influences. Their debut EP is titled Anxious, Irrational, Fashionable. <laughs> Anxious, Irrational, Fashionable. That's a tongue twister. I met Flara K at 2021's Indie Week Canada which is one of the biggest online music conferences. If you heard my episode with founder Daryl Hurst in an earlier episode, uh, you know all about Indie Week. It's a collection of collaborative efforts, and their release was accompanied with a month-long live stream RV tour across Canada, which helped garner attention from various outlets such as Radio Canada, BBC, they say the months between November 2020 and March 2021 inspired the duo to look inward and embrace a state of reinvention as artists. They've been featured on Spotify's New Music Friday Canada playlist. So um, this is just a really, really fun, funky, soulful duo. We're going to listen to Devotion. And that's a song off their EP, Anxious, Irrational, Fashionable. And then we're going to chat with the Flair K duo. So check out this song, Devotion, by Flair K, and don't go anywhere. Think it's strange the way that time keeps on bringing us closer. If you feel the same, then just say, let the feeling take over. Over No need to fake it Cause my heart is breaking When I'm here alone without you uh, If you feel the same Then just say Let the feeling take over Over Your love is like an ocean, baby oh, It flows like sweet devotion, Baby, oh, it flows like sweet devotion, baby. Ooh, 
Clara K. Yeah. Hi. Hey. Oh, this is what for. What's happening? How are you? you okay, so my podcast is called Funktastic Chats. I'm a bass player. Amazing. And so I was excited to find you guys. And I just couldn't help but like dig into your music. So I think this is going to be so much fun. So Flair K is a Montreal-based duo that recently came out with a single called Day Drunk. And the EP Somewhere in Between is a collection of songs pretty much composed during the months of lockdown. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. It's a very dark EP. It's a little bit of a dark EP. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, get, I mean, I get a little tidbit. We've been playing shows recently and we like one of the latest song, Day Drunk. When we introduced it, we're like, this is a song we wrote about our days during the pandemic and it's called Day Drunk. And everyone just seems to laugh. It's like everybody just knows what we all went through. You know? Yeah. Like we yeah. all drank a little bit too much in the afternoon. All the beats, the keyboard arrangements, everything is just so well produced. I am obviously a fan of bass players. And I was wondering what made you take that step as far as the bass is going to be the lead instrument rocking out there with me. And I'm cool with producing the rest behind me. What is What kind of made you kind of come to that decision and how has it benefited your music? I mean... Well, I think I should answer this one. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> um, but honestly, I guess it's the instrument that I grew up playing and I studied it. So it's the one I'm the most comfortable with. But also when we started producing songs, working with producers, I remember being a little bit shy about playing bass. So like sometimes when you play bass, oh, I don't want to overstep. You just hang out on the root notes. You think there's only like a specific thing to do. And then one time we were working with this producer on this track that we had done and we brought it to him. He's like, oh, this could use a bit better bass line. And he does a bass line that was sick. And I was all like, why am I doing bass lines like this? Like, why am I so shy? Yeah. So from that on, it's just like, when we get creative ideas, we just kind of trust our gut and go with it. We don't want to hold back for any reason. Yeah. And it's honestly very, it's just very us. I mean, his main instrument is the bass. Mine is like vocals and songwriting. And so we just, sometimes we come up with a song with just a very simple beat, a bass line and some vocals. And so we, we try and be as authentic to that and, and bring that sound into it because that's just who we are. It's cool. That kind of comes through yeah. for you. Thank so. you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of the times, a lot of the times when I do hear this vocal bass vibe, the bass is up here playing the chords. It's very, it's, I mean, I, your bass playing is melodic, but I'm just saying it's mostly just melodies and, and melodic it's very rare that you see a bass player up front where like i'm laying this groove down this is about the groove you know what i mean like i'll play oh, flashy cool, when man. it's my time but i i love the song devotion you guys like soul music like old love soul music absolutely because, because i don't know if you're familiar with the band called debarge but oh my god you guys should check i mean i hear like that band i hear a little bit of jamiroquai I could relate to your story. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. A lot of the blues clubs around here, they're really like the staple blues clubs. And you hear, you know, the bass is the boom, do -dum, do -dum, do -dum, on the one, right? So when I started yeah. writing my own music, I was really excited to, to branch out. But I branched out so far that nobody started hiring any, me anymore because I, I kind of was all about flying all over the bass and not really the, the groove. So I think it's just so cool that a lot of your music is just so groovy. And but what you're describing though, I feel is like just a musician struggle, right? Yeah. Like as you're trying to find out where to go, you're going to overdo it at times. Right. And then learning to take a step back. Is There's just such a contemporary vibe. I think is what I was getting at with all of these soul influences to me. Is that, 
purposeful or how does that writing process work? I think it happens by accident. I think it does. Yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, like I have PTSD and I can't listen to pop music much anymore. I think it's from like years of trying to like make pop music. And then like you do a leap comes out with the record. You're like, Oh, I'll never, I be, will that never good. be this good. And, <laughs> and so I've just been like really listening to like indie music and bringing that kind of side of things into it. But like, also like I studied jazz and I, I don't know, I like, I like playing a certain way, but also she like, you yeah, I mean, that. I grew up on like R and B and soul music, like, I listened to Whitney Houston and Boyz II Men and Mariah Carey and Donna Summer. And so that, that influence was, is very much in my DNA. And you introduced me to so much music. She like the first time, maybe I was under the influence, maybe not, but when you played, uh, I'm your baby tonight by Whitney Houston. Yeah. Like I cried in the living room. He had never, I had never heard that yeah. song before. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, in the middle of September 2020, right in the middle of COVID, everything was shut down. You guys bought an RV and you traveled. I have never been outside of America. This is so horrible. It's my dream to travel. but So I don't know how far this is. You have to tell me. But I heard that you guys went from Montreal to Vancouver. Is yeah. That's basically like Florida to Seattle kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably about 58 hours of driving if you go straight. Yeah. You know? Wow. What inspired you guys to do that? Honestly, I think for us, it was, we didn't want to get stopped by this pandemic. We had, I mean, I feel like so many artists had so much going on before the pandemic hit and we had the European tour booked and we were, you know, planning a bunch of other tour dates and we had so much going on and everything just got stopped so suddenly. And we were like, we just did not want to let that stop us. And so we found a way to get creative and promote the EP in a way that was safe and comfortable. So we stayed isolated in our RV and we traveled across Canada and in each major city, we did interviews on Instagram lives with labels and artists and like literally festivals, all sorts of people. And we met so many cool people across the wall all along the way. And yeah, we just basically, we just didn't want to stop. And we had put so much time and money and effort into this new EP and it was coming out and we were like, well, we can't just let it sit there. We wanted to do something with it. So that was the opportunity we had. That's cool. I love that you just talked about money and investing in yourself too. I just talked to Daryl Hurst, um, the, he's the owner of Indie Week. Uh, last week on the podcast, he said the biggest risks I've ever taken are some of the biggest rewards. And the other option was sitting on the couch. I could tell you running a wedding band like myself, I mean, it's all about investment. And so, you know, investment beyond this wedding website, this wedding website. What other types of investments other than money really, and it could be time, it could be your sanity, <laughs> Any, anything that really were some of your biggest challenges in, in making this project happen? Oh, well, I guess like in the restraints of a pandemic kind of thing. I mean, I guess there's always that mental battle of trusting your gut. I've opened about this story, but we did a songwriting session on a boathouse with this artist, Edwin Raphael. And the way he approached creativity, like he always approached it with such like invincibility. You know, and that it's always worked out for him. And we sometimes battle a little bit of self-doubt or insecurities. A little lot, a, a lot of it. A little lot, lot of, of self-doubt and insecurities. <laughs> and you know what? I'm just going to trust my gut and just kind of go with this. And and that was, it started with the RV trip. We're like, let's just go out and do it. It's going to be fun. We're going to get away for a while. We're going to see new things. We're going 
going to become back different people. And then coming back from then, we're just like, we're going to produce everything our, our own ourselves moving forward. And even as like an artist in 2021, right? Everybody wants to get on the Spotify playlist. And like, that was a, one of the notch that we we're trying to go for. And so we were like paying like to work with these producers and all that stuff. And then when we recorded two songs completely on our own produced in our bedroom and just had it mixed, those are the ones that got like on bigger playlists and stuff like that. So we're like, you know what? Maybe it's time to tune into ourselves and like just yeah. gamble stop, on it. Stop battling that self-doubt. And, and yeah, it, it, that was definitely a big, uh, a big like mental switch for us to just stop doubting ourselves and just go for what feels good for us. And yeah. Do you guys produce the beats yourself too? Yeah, we produce everything as well. Wow. Do, do you play the keyboard arrangements too? Uh, most of them, yeah. yeah. If you find a good sample, I think like Day Drunk is a sample that uh, like I found and then you run it through this kind of vintage tape stuff. But I think beside that, everything else would have been played. Yeah. yeah. One one question that I asked another uh, artist here today, I'm really curious on your answer too. What's the best advice that you've ever been given in your musical career? I, I don't think it comes down to one, but if like one thing that clicked for me, I don't know if, if anyone ever said it to me intentionally, is that like your network isn't necessarily going to Canadian Music Week and saying hi to like the president of a record label. Your network starts with the people in your community and the people around you because everybody's moving forward and you're better off to make friends and like work with these people and not take music as a competition. And that way, like you can be part of their success which will like subsequently, <laughs> which will end result bring you more success or you'll basically be at home being like envious. And like, I feel that people had said that a lot to us going forward, like to build your network, but I don't think we clicked, they clicked for us what our network was like supposed to be. You know, you had yeah. these ambitions that like, I'm going to go to a place, we're going to meet a record label and get like a record deal kind of thing. But really it starts by building the ground up and you got to like support your community, support your podcast, support local musicians, support the people like around you, go on bills, be friends with these bills, be friends with the people in your community. All your friends are your friends. Just be like, be there for people yeah. and build yeah. this network around you. That's like a supportive, you know, like a supportive net, not just like distant kind of like strings that you tug on, I guess, desperately. Yeah. Because those people are going to be the ones who help you and get you opportunities at, you know, at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah it's, like, that was a big, that was a big lesson for us. Yeah. 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 I remember after getting out of music school, all these musicians just went so many different directions when they're in within the music industry. And all of a sudden I had friends who, you know, because I was just took the time to be friendly with them. They weren't we were just music students. Nobody was anybody worth knowing celebrity status or anything like that. But because we just were friends and supported each other, all of a sudden this guy's a booking agent over here. This guy's a publicist over here. And so I totally agree with you. Yeah, exactly. And I think music schools, I guess it depends on the schools. The one I went to, there was that like underlying tone of like competition, like who is the better one who's that. But I mean, that gets you no. I mean, there's always going to be a bit of competition, but it doesn't get you anywhere to be at everyone's throat trying to be better than anyone else. Yeah. Just be friends. It's like music. It's subjective. There's Definitely. enough room for everybody. And room for yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to know where people could check out your music, what you guys have coming up. Give me the, give me the Flare K411. Yeah. I mean, you could check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. We're on Instagram. We love making new friends. So give us a follow. We're very interactive and I'm always at on there. Flare so yeah, it's at Flara underscore K on Instagram and on TikTok. Yeah. And you can find our music on our website as well, flarak.com. 
And um, you can send us a letter. You can send uh, us if you want to send us a letter. You can. That's basically where we're at. That's awesome. Yeah, we've talked to uh, quite a few, quite a few uh, industry people from you know Canada, and uh, I'm really jealous. I feel like I feel like I should be there. <laughs> it's beautiful it's a beautiful place you find yourself in montreal you give us a call and if this is your first time listening to the funktastic chats podcast please hit the subscribe button we talk about everything here we talk about task management and outsourcing silencing your inner critic and reinventing yourself to business and workflow ideas to chatting with great musicians like Larry Kay, the wedding industry. It's really all across the board here on this podcast. So please tune in every single week and see what we've got for you. Remember, you are extraordinary.